Welcome to the Sim Cafe, a podcast produced by the team at Innovative Sim Solutions, edited by Shelley Hauser. Join our host, Deb Tauber, as she sits down with subject matter experts from across the globe to reimagine clinical education and the use of simulation. So pour yourself a cup of relaxation, sit back, tune in, and learn something new from the Sim Cafe. Welcome to another episode of the Sim Cafe. Today, we're blessed to have Nicole Giacanarino from Chamberlain University meet with us. Nicole, would you like to tell our guests a little bit about yourself, please? Thank you, Deb, for having me today. Currently, I'm a curriculum instruction specialist over at Chamberlain University. I work with the pre-licensure program, also work a little bit in the post-licensure area. My background is obstetrics, and I am a clin spec focusing in obstetrics and community health. Teach online in various for the pre-licensure and post, as I mentioned. And then I completed my doctorate from Rush with a focus in systems leadership and faculty development. I really enjoy working with faculty, helping them to improve their skills and, and to become more comfortable in while they're teaching. Certified in OB and I'm a certified nurse educator. Thanks, Nicole. And Nicole and I, we met in 2010 when I started at Chamberlain. And Nicole, why don't you share with our guests your journey into simulation? Because at that time, we were just really starting to get into simulation. Initially, I had worked for actually a community college. And so I worked in the with low fidelity simulation and worked with fundamental students. So it was a wonderful experience to be able to put them in situations to be able to even multitask and start working on their basic skills, but then also deciding which client to see first since we'd have the simulators, you know, lined up or across the room from each other. So that was my very initial experience. But then when I joined Chamberlain, I was part of a campus that was brand new and literally to the point of ordering the simulators and trying to decide how we set up rooms. And and I had the opportunity to write the first OB simulations. And it was, we started, of course, with our basic laboring patient, normal vaginal delivery, and it evolved into our, some of our high-risk cases so that we could prepare the students for those um, low-frequency but high-risk scenarios that they may or may never see while they're in clinical. And, of course, it evolved the opportunity to work with you and how the program just really became formalized and so nicely structured to where students are doing multiple simulations in all of their courses. They are very well prepared. I was unable to take what I was doing with writing simulations, having the students outside the classroom work with the simulators, but then I was very... Uh, I felt very strongly that simulation should be in the classroom as well. And so being uh, one of the didactic faculty, I would bring Noelle, the birthing simulator, into my classroom. And so whether we were learning about fetal monitoring or I was going to have Noelle give birth, I wanted her in the front and center of the classroom. And then I could draw on the board behind and have the students come down. Even the practice of introducing themselves 
seemed so simple, but they were so scared of that. And to be able to do that in the class, have 20, 30 classmates, however many were in class, to be able to do some basic things and then also talk about interviewing and making sure that they could ask some of the questions, prepare themselves, familiarize themselves with their labs, um, knowing what's normal, what's abnormal, having Noel talk back to them and, and you know, kind of even from a social, emotional um, aspect to be able to say maybe some surprising things to them, throw them off guard a little bit, but in a very supportive learning environment. And I think it was so much better than standing there lecturing. I wanted to be able to point certain things out and of course have them interact so they could really hopefully learn and then retain the information. Yeah, it was it was a great time. I remember OB was not my thing, obviously, with ER. And I felt like I would be able to deliver a baby after the experiences that you created in simulation. I, and at times, the instructors would let me, even though I wasn't the actual instructor, be the doctor that was delivering the baby. And it was a, a great experience. And I remember the first time I did it, you, you gave me a little uh, sticker that said something like, you know, you're, you're a rock star or something. <laughs> and I was like, what? I do remember that. <laughs> well, it's the little things, right? I mean, it's, and it's so stressful. You want to do a good job. And the fact too, that you, you had your specialty, probably rarely touched no B patient if, or if anything to wheel them right down to OB. So that was wonderful that even just to have your expertise and to blend our, you know, our skills together made it really nice to work together and work with the students. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And what about, why don't you share with our listeners about how you created that senior level experience for them, Academy Awards? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So in our capstone course, we were trying to come up with an assignment that obviously would meet our course objectives and really help the seniors to put everything together and going back to their their patho their farm looking at fundamental skills thinking about psych and all of them of course had their loves whether that be obstetrics or critical care or whatever it may be and so we had the students select a diagnosis So we started with a medical diagnosis. And then from there, we focused on the nursing diagnosis and the various interventions, medications. We gave these mock clients, maybe a psychosocial, maybe they were an alcoholic or there was a domestic violence situation and then had them take those cases. They were paired up with a faculty member with some expertise in that area. And so on a weekly basis, they would work to design a story, a simulation based on this client. And by the end, they produced a video, which I hope you don't mind me saying your daughter did a phenomenal one during her time with us. And they acted, I mean, literally we loaned out video cameras. The the whole point was not to critique their video skills you know, but making sure that whether they use their phone or a camera that we provided and five students approximately would work together and one would play the nurse, one would play maybe the doctor, one was the client, one was maybe the scared mother if they selected a peds patient. And, you know, the idea that outline all the details, what would happen to this client and how would the nurse care for that person providing holistic care? And so 
I mean, I, you know, go on and on, but it was just an amazing time to see these students be able to put it all together, that they could look at everything that they had done for two, three, however many years they were in the program and be able to, I think it was a confidence builder as well. And then they were able to demonstrate, I do know my path though. I do know my farm and I'm able to think about the client, not only from, okay, this, this client needs a Foley catheter based on this, but I need to be able to explain the Foley catheter to this client and explain to them, you know, risk factors and that was amazing to see them work together as well. Obviously, the teamwork, peer evaluation, self-evaluation. And then at the end, you had you know, called it our Academy Awards. Uh, what we did was we showcased these videos. And so uh, we shared everybody's videos for the entire class because then it was a learning experience for them. They could refer back to it and use it for prepping for their NCLEX. But the fun part was we set up the last week or two of the session that we showcased these videos. We invited faculty leaders and they presented their videos and then did a short intro and, and kind of, if anything, a debrief to be able to say, this, was, this went well, or this I would change. Sometimes there were errors in the video, but the point was, did they catch them? Did they catch themselves that they maybe contaminated something when they were showing that they were working on a wound or, or as I mentioned, like, let's say putting in a Foley, they, it was about what did they learn? And it wasn't about perfection. And then of course, the fact they were videotaping, we knew that this couldn't be their, their full-time job, but, you know, creating this video, this was an assignment, but we, you know, had fun. We gave awards. They voted for each other who had the best videos. And, and then to be able to say, we've covered some of the top nursing issues. So when we think about the essentials and thinking about QCIN, that was another aspect too. They had to incorporate QCIN. They had to incorporate, um, when we thought about boards of nursing, minimum requirements, certain topics. So we are trying to make this not only meet the course objectives, but thinking big picture for them and that it was worth their time. I, you know, we wanted it to be worth their time that this isn't just, just get it done. This is your studying as they're doing this. And then of course, you can use it after the fact to prep for NCLEX. Yeah, it was a great experience. I remember the cues and competencies being threaded throughout and they mm -hmm. really came away with knowing that information. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. Okay. So Nicole, I'm going to ask what, what experience was your favorite or most impactful in simulation? Um, as much as, I mean, definitely those, you know, all of those videos and that type of that whole experience and how many sessions we did that to be able to see uh, the students. Then I, I even found that some of those students shared their videos with some of, you know, I'll say the underclassmen, the freshmen to be able to use as a guide. So it was nice to see them be proud of their work and then to be able to share it with others. So that was something that I really I don't know, I feel good about that. The, these were not just stagnant videos. They lived on and they were able to, you know, be used. Um, I probably say um, something that stands out was just when I had done simulation in the classroom and we did a scenario of just a normal vaginal delivery. We were trying to get interpartum concepts covered and having the students come up and working on who's charting, you know, who's documenting. And we had probably 
five males in our group. And at the beginning of class or the session, you could tell that they just felt uncomfortable. They weren't sure, you know, OB, I'm not going to go into OB. I don't know. Why do I have to take this class? And, you know, of course, and such intelligent individuals trying to help them get past the emotional, I guess, aspect or fear and questioning, will I work in this specialty? And by the end, they were requesting to have the first, like, if you will, the first nurse role or the idea, the primary nurse, they wanted to take care of that laboring patient. And they wanted to explain to their classmates, the why, the how, the, you know, all those things that we want them to learn about, not only, you know, just the facts, but to understand everything behind it, they took the lead. And I loved that we were able to bring those men into OB and then of course, get them excited about simulation as well. And it just was like this big light bulb that went off and the idea of talking interdisciplinary, working with them to think about just how important in the, in the growth of, of men in nursing and the idea to just be able to just work together. And I think just look at not only they have to study, they have, you know, they want to learn, but there's sometimes some barriers to learning, you know, personal barriers. And how can we as faculty help those students get past those? And I just love the, the joy and just the, you know, they wanted to, do, you know, when are we doing some again? You know, what are we covering next week? When, you know, are we going to break up into groups? And usually it was like, I don't want to do group work or there would be some, you know, comments, you know, that I've had over the years. But for this, the class was just, it was like a little family, you know, even having 30, 40 students, they all work together. So I think that was one of my big sessions that kind of stood out to me. Yeah, I think that was your magic. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. That. I was actually doing a simu doing the OB Sims, and I got a, a text from my daughter. She hadn't seen any births in her rotation. She was at Northwestern, and on January 11th of 2011, she, there was a ton of babies born. And she <laughs> like, you know, one, 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 one. So she sends me a text. Oh my gosh, I saw you know five babies born today. Yeah. I love that you remember that. I love that you. <laughs> yes. And that is something that is so amazing about simulation. And I, you know, I, I probably say that word a lot, but just the fact that they, we send them to clinical and we don't know what they're, it just senses and, you know, whatever the diagnosis is, sometimes those students can't see those, those different patients and they'll be there all day and never get the experience. And so knowing that we could give it to them through simulation and to be able to have those standardized, the idea of, you know, an OB of normal vaginal delivery and then thinking about those high risk. I feel like we've really prepared them the best we could. And then clinical, you know, of course, we hope that changes the next shift, the next day of clinical, they're going to get something, but they may be on mother baby, you know, how many days and never actually get back to labor and delivery or it's, you know, special care nursery or normal newborn nursery. It depends. Our census varies so much across the state. And then of course, you know, depending on who we're, we have contracts with. So I, I love the, it was nice to be able to, you know, obviously to get those five deliveries, but then to know at least she was getting simulation as well when she was back on campus. Right, right. And we did those standardized simulations. I remember I had the pleasure of working with you on the standardized ones for obstetrics, pediatrics, and mental health. So mm -hmm. I had to work with some really excellent people. 
yes, we really great teammates, really great colleagues. Yeah. All right. And my next question is, where do you see the future of simulation? Oh, gosh, simulation has been our saving grace, if you will, especially during COVID and the fact that we were able to turn programs into online overnight, I mean, pretty much within days, weeks, and to be able to write different simulations, work with different organizations, it's, I'd love to see it grow, knowing that we are restricted in certain areas with what our students can do when they go to the clinical sites. And obviously, we know each state, it varies what they can use for um, simulation hours compared to their clinical required clinical hours. But I just really hope those numbers will grow as far as the percentage or number of hours, because we have some really intelligent colleagues that are writing these simulations as we, you know, as we speak, and whether they be a, a 10 minute simulation to an hour long simulation, it, it doesn't matter. The fact that we can focus on those client needs and really be specific and intentional about what we're trying to cover and the idea of them retaining and the fact that when we think about next gen questioning for NCLEX, it, these questions are not memorization. It's giving, you know, giving them an, a client's chart is the intro to the question and then being able to have them flip through and dissect and then be able to apply the information. I think SIM helps them practice that. So I'm, I look forward to those the number of hours and just simulation growing. At least I know there's huge efforts with, you know, Chamberlain, the time that they spend currently doing that. Great, great. Is there anything you'd like to leave our guests with? Anything you would like to leave the listeners with? I would just love to get them excited about doing more sim in the classroom, I think. I, I know that most places have their sim lab or some type of you know room where it's very formal when it needs to be. There needs to be structure. But I think sim in the classroom is what made some of my best teaching experiences and to be able to look at the students. I mean, I st- I'm in contact with some of those students and to have them come back 10 years later and to be able to say, I remember when we did, you know, simulation, we learned that we did a vaginal delivery and that I, and obviously that takes equipment or it takes working, collaborating with the lab, collaborating with their simulation group. But even if it's just um, like we used to say the traveling roadshow, carts full of informa- of uh, equipment, and even if it's a low fidelity simulator, just to be able to make sure that we're showing our students as much as possible. And that, of course, can be remote as well for our online program. It obviously doesn't have to be for those face-to-face, even though I know many of our programs or campuses have transitioned back to in-person. If they're not comfortable at sim. or actually don't do simulations themselves, it's something they should still consider, at least to do in the classroom. Even five little little snippets, I think, would be really helpful. No, I agree. Experiential learning is really the way to uh, help them to learn because they learn by exploring. Mm -hmm. And I'd be willing to brainstorm with anybody if they, you know, felt like they wanted to talk about a topic and how could they cover it a little differently in class. I love that stuff. So I would be more than happy to connect with anybody who would like just someone to, you know, brainstorm with. Thank you. Do you, So if our listeners want to get a hold of you, where would they get a hold of you? And we'll, we will put this in the show notes. Are you on? Sure. Um, I think what I'll do is... Um, 
I am actually very open to an email and that's just, you can use my first and last name at yahoo.com. And actually, um, I probably may not seem professional, but my email address is uh, babycatcher74, is, is from uh, B&OB for so many years. But my first and last name at yahoo.com is just fine. Okay. What about any social media, LinkedIn? Oh, yes. I'm on um, LinkedIn and um, uh, Facebook and Instagram. So I can give you all of that if you, you know, want to list that out. I can definitely share that. Well, this has just been a wonderful interview and I appreciate your time. And to your point about bringing uh, experiential learning into the classroom, I remember having the fetal monitor strip it being in your class and doing it yourself. <laughs> I know. And it's been with paperless now, but just the fact that they could touch something and actually practice what they were seeing on that computer screen, I think it helped them to establish that baseline, get it, yep. you know, so that they never would never forget that. Yep. So thank you. And I miss, miss being with you. I miss working with you. So thank you for the opportunity to connect with you today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. We'll have to get together for lunch. Yes. <laughs> I'd love that. All right. Have a great right. day. Thanks. Thank you. You too. Thanks. And listeners, happy simulating. Thanks for joining us here at the Sim Cafe. We hope you enjoyed. Connect with us at www.innovativesimsolutions.com. And be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Sim Cafe.